there, and welcome to Blue Milk Latte, a Star Wars podcast. I am your host, Kent Blue Milk Latte Solace, and with me, is, as always, is my trusty host, Chris Christophsis Mead. Hey guys, what's up? Hey, welcome back. Uh, so this week we're going to be going over the Lego uh, Halloween special, Spooky Tales, that just dropped on Disney Plus here on October 1st of 2021. We're going to be kind of recapping it, so spoilers ahead for that if you guys haven't seen that yet. Make sure to watch it uh, before you listen to the rest of this here episode. And then at the uh, tail end of the episode, Chris and I are going to be kind of going back and forth uh, with our top five like spooky moments throughout the Halloween. I'm sorry, <laughs> uh, top five like spooky moments throughout the Star Wars saga, whether it's from like a book, movie, comic book, etc. Um, anything is game or we're going to be talking about it. Um, but before we get into the uh, Spooky Tales recap and those rankings, uh, let's go over our Star Wars adventures of this, of this uh, last week. Chris, what have you been up to? Uh, the biggest thing is I got caught up on the uh, High Republic comics, okay. which are um, pretty good. Although uh, I got to this one, this one, issue eight, and I think it might spoil the end of the book that I'm reading. <laughs> Okay. Oh, the second, uh, the second novel. So, well, we'll see. Uh, hopefully, there's. I mean, it doesn't necessarily spoil like the details of what happens, but I know like the next big like plot point that happens in the in the whole like phase. Is it? Did, did so, you? You don't have to. Did you like it? Uh, well, I don't know. Uh, it's it's it kind of it, it it's, it's pretty shocking, but I don't have a context for it because it's like. The so I'm trying to how to say it without spoiling it. Essentially, the main character of the comics makes contact or gets basically like a a, a call from another uh, Jedi saying this just happened, and then like the last page is like a full panel like picture of the aftermath. So I don't know how it happened or what you know what the like I, said, I have no context for what the event was, but I think I know what the event is that it that kind of. Uh, Either it hits in the middle or the end of this next this last phase that we're in. Uh-huh. But on the upshot, though, they do introduce a different kind of Jedi, which was kind of interesting. Uh, they call it they call themselves Wanderers. Okay, where they're essentially light side Jedi, but they don't work for the temple. They kind of roam around, following the living force to wherever the kind of force calls them to be needed. And they have, and then the one, the one character we meet has a white lightsaber, which is interesting. So it's kind of, kind of, kind of the Ahsoka idea, but there's like a group, there's like a bunch of them doing that where they'll, they'll help out Jedi if the force kind of calls them to do it. But in general, you can't like call them in to help you. <laughs> they'll just show up when they're needed. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. <clears throat> so I, I, it sounds kind of like they're, um, kind of like how, um, the master, uh, of Ren or what have you. And the Knights of Ren, they're they're kind of like dark side like followers and stuff, but they don't claim to be Sith or anything like that. Right, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, but it's just it's like that, except instead of the light side version, it's the dark side version. Right, but but like, she definitely has a lightsaber, and yeah. like I said, it has a, has a white blade, so it kind of shows like being neutral wherever we're not, you know, gotcha. red Sith or blue green, you know, uh, Jedi. Yeah. And she's got that cool design that we see Dark Ray have in her vision in Rise of Skywalker, where like folds in half and there's like a the, the double blade and then like folds out to be like a you know Darth Maul has staff style. Nice. Okay. So that's nice. basically so now we have another Jedi with that same style lightsaber or another force user. So that's kind of cool. Nice. Very cool. Cool. Uh any other Star Wars adventures going on? Uh I think that's that was a big thing. I think that's pretty much it other than watching the you know the Lego thing. 
but uh, okay. other, yeah, pretty much. Cool. Very cool. So yeah, uh, for me, some pretty big stuff. Um, I was able to go to uh, back to Batu after 18 months of being off planet. Uh, oh, I was great. yeah. I was uh, at Disneyland this past Wednesday, and it was a, a really good time. I was there uh, with uh, my girlfriend, and uh, we're having a baby, so we were kind of limited on some of the rides and stuff we could <laughs> do. But we still made a really fun day about it. It was a great day. Um, had some good food. Um, but uh, while in Batu, we kind of, um, you know, what we obviously got blue milk to honor the the podcast and everything else, and we. Uh, we were fortunate enough to do our uh, like baby reveal uh, announcement picture sort of thing in front of the Millennium Falcon, and it was pretty awesome. Shout out! I didn't, I don't remember his exact name. I remember I got it, um, but the photographer there—they had like the Disney photographers. Uh, he wasn't super duper swamped with uh, anybody, and we had like our pins celebrating like first pregnancy like on our shirts. So he spent like a good like. 15 to 20 minutes with us taking like different pictures and uh, you know, pr- uh we brought a onesie so he like posed the onesie it was like a precious cargo with grogu on it uh he took different photos of that um ray and uh chewbacca were walking around re- you know uh, repairing the falcon they took some pictures uh with the with us in the background it was pretty funny so yeah it was a really good time it made us like feel like really cool we had like this more or less like a photo shoot like at Disneyland on Bat on Batu, you know, and it was um it was a really good time. Um yeah. Let's see, anything else? Um how busy was it at the park that day? It you know, it wasn't super duper busy, but it would definitely wasn't a ghost town like how some of the reports are making it out to be. Okay. I think I think just because it wasn't like wall to wall everywhere that the you know, the articles and stuff say, Oh, Disneyland is like needing more people it's just it was busy there was definitely business happening all day yeah. there that day um but yeah it was, it was a good it was a good nice balance it was a good nice balance it wasn't too bad i think the longest line that we waited in was like 30 minutes and that was for the haunted mansion right because um, the haunted mansion now right yeah 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 so i mean that in itself wasn't that bad at one point it was up to an hour but we went to go get lunch instead we were like yeah we'll come back to this and sure enough <laughs> it was down to 30 minutes um but yeah we were, we were able to do uh teacups uh jungle cruise haunted mansion pirates pirates surprised me because it does have those little drops but i guess those are kind of okay it's more so like the jarring stuff that you shouldn't be able to do um right. yeah but uh any yeah and i'm trying to think about anything else that was uh pretty cool on batu um we were able to see some of the new sabers that they had at uh doc ondar um, that was pretty cool. Which ones? Uh, which one of the new ones they have now? Is it uh, the the Cal Kestis one or no? Uh, no, I didn't see that one. I mean, it's new to me. I should say <laughs> I, I, it's probably been out for a little bit. But uh, Ray's lightsabers there, and that one's pretty cool. Oh, uh, the yellow one, the new one. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, that that one was pretty cool. I hadn't seen that one like uh, in person until that day, and that was pretty cool. Um. Yeah, man, that was about it. That was my Star Wars adventure for the week. Uh, we were more or less like on a little, like maybe two or three day vacation, and I tried to crack open Light of the Jedi during that time, but we were <laughs> <laughs> too busy, um, just uh, relaxing and yeah, we yeah. <laughs> yeah having a good time. Oh, I apologize if I coughed ahead at any point during this episode. I have like some allergies or some like weird flu thing going on. Don't think it's COVID or anything, but um, yeah. So uh, 
I might be coughing here and there from time to time. So I apologize in advance. <clears throat> um, all right. So uh, we'll get into our Terrifying Tales Lego Star Wars special here. Um, it was uh, directed by Ken Cunningham and written by David Shane. David Shane, I think, also was the one who wrote the holiday special, Lego Star Wars special. Um, and just a couple, like, fun little, um, not cameos per se, but uh, Christian Slater does voice the um, the main Knight of Ren. Um, I, I kind of wondered if that's who that was. Because it, sounded, it sounded like that's who that was. I, I was lazy and didn't look up the voices, but like, yeah. That yeah. Was, yeah, that makes sense now. Because like, yeah, it sounds like someone doing a Christian Slater impersonation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Christian Slater is in there is pretty funny. Um, James Arnold Taylor reprises his voice role as uh, of Obi Wan Kenobi. Um, Jake Green voiced uh, Poe Dameron. Poe Dameron has a pretty good role in there. Um, Sam Sam Witwer, uh, very uh, he's known for being Star Killer in the Force Unleashed games. He returns to voice Darth Maul. He's also Darth um, Maul so, in the in the Clone Wars, right? Yeah, he also does a, a yeah Darth. He pretty much pretty much I think outside of the Phantom, the one who does the voice because even in Solo, a Star Wars story, he's the one who dubs over the voice. Right. He and, yeah he did the voice. Yeah, even though it was Ray Park and the makeup, he uh, yeah we were did, did the voice. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I mean, pretty cool voice cast all around. Um, the official description for the special is uh, after crash landing on Mustafar, Poe Dameron, and BB-8 visit Castle Vader, the galaxy's first all-inclusive Sith-inspired luxury resort. Darth Vader's servant, Vinay, or, yeah, Vinay, yeah, regales his guests with three Sith-inspired stories, The Lost Boy, the story of how a young Ben Solo first meets Ren and his Knights of Ren, The Dueling Monstrosities, which imagines how Darth Maul and General Grievous were reborn, and the the Wookiee's Paw, which gives us a look at what might have been if all of Luke Skywalker's greatest wishes were immediately granted. Um, So, yeah, it opens with uh, Poe crashing his ship. There's some pretty good banter between Poe and BB-8. And then they meet, uh, I believe it's Grabula the Hutt. Um, yeah. and there's some nice back and forth with them. There's a like an animatronic Darth Vader that he thinks is the real Darth Vader, but it's just a silly animatronic. I feel like a lot of the episode throughout was either Lucasfilm and or Disney, maybe poking fun of it at itself a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, we do have um the uh the new all in like not inclusive <laughs> all immersive uh resort opening next year in Florida for Star Wars. Um, yep. So I feel like, yeah, it was kind of poking fun of it at itself in that. Um, so they crash land and then they meet uh, a boy. Let's see here. Can you, hey, Chris, can you hear the dog? A little bit, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, well. He's just excited that we're talking about Star Wars. Sorry. Um, <laughs> here, give me, uh, give me one sec. Chris, talk to the kids for just a moment. All right. Uh, one of the things I was, I was telling Kent before we started, we were kind of offline a little bit, was that the kind of the structure for this special is lifted directly out of the IDW Tales of Vader's Castle series. So if you really like this, I highly recommend you go back and, and check on those issues. They're either, I believe they're in trade paperbacks. They do one every year. Um, this one's is coming out right now. They do, and they're kind of cool because they do one issue a week for the month of October. 
And the same kind of like thing with the use Vader's castle is like a framework. And then within it, tell four or five spooky Star Wars tales, you know, go throughout different time periods, different eras, uh, same kind of idea. There's one with like Ewoks fighting a, a monster of some kind, doing like a monster, a kaiju type thing. Uh, there's, I don't know, one of the other ones. And they do kind of the same thing with some of them are like spoofs of a movie. Like we'll kind of, we'll get into like this, the Lego did. And some of them are like, they do, like, they've done vampire, like Star Wars kind of version of vampires in that comic book series. They've done werewolves before. Um, or wait, no, wait, that wasn't in. No, wait, maybe I'm wrong with that. Maybe that was. Yeah, the- I'm familiar with the. Yeah, the series. I think I've read one or two of them. The IDW what? comic books, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, they, they do a vampire one with Dooku, and I, I think werewolves. But I think I'm. I think I've got it mixed up with that. Um, with the Dark Side Tales, uh, fairy tales book that has a werewolf story in it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but same kind of thing. They usually have like a, like they've done like slasher style, you know, movie in a Star Wars setting. <laughs> they kind of play with the genre a little bit, so. Those are pretty fun. So, like I said, if you if you really like this format and this style, like definitely hunt down the IEWs because they're they basically just lifted the whole episode like right out of the IEW series. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very nice. Yeah, so yeah, for any comic book readers out there, that that'd be a good uh, choice there. So um, Poe is kind of walking around with uh, BB-8 and Gribble of the Hut, um, as well as like um, this boy comes out named Dean. Uh, Dean is an original character. He's like the child protagonist of the of the entire episode, <clears throat> um, and we get to see some like some of the uh, armor that is kind of at the entrance to the uh, hotel. So like, there's like a stormtrooper, sword trooper, <laughs> scout trooper, and there's uh, like one skeleton troopers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the skeleton trooper armor was actually pretty cool. I think like. I'm sure it already exists, like, in real life, you know, by, you know, some cosplayer out there, but it'd be pretty cool to see, like, at a con or something. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm sure we will now. We'll see someone take their stormtrooper over, paint it black, and, they'll, you know, paint some white bones on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, and pretty much Vinay, um is the one who starts he's the narrator of the three spooky tales. He's the one who kind of wants to get uh, all the stories being told um and it starts off with the lost boy which is pretty much like uh, the not exact history of kylo ren turning uh, to the dark side it is explored i think in a more official light and in a, a more official canon in the comic book series by charles soul um but this is more or less a rehash yeah but it pulls the big beats out of it and it does kind of give you the the you know enough history of the Knights of Ren that you're not like, you know, not super more than you had in the movies, <laughs> at least. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It does give you like a more fun look at how it went down, if fun is the right word. <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah, you know, and it's set kind of at least in the beginning against like the back a backdrop of like the Lost Boys, the nineteen eighties yeah. vampire movie. Uh <laughs> one of the best vampire movies ever made. Um and it's got really awesome like homages to that movie so it, it, while i was watching i was like cracking up laughing just with some of the references from them riding their speeders around like they do with their motorcycles to hanging off the train tracks and then falling right. off and stuff like that um, well i love i really love the opening the opening scene between luke and kylo is just pretty amazing yeah 
Yeah, how he's like t- t- telling him about like uh, stacking rocks and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and it also kind of shows you that it's, I mean, it is kind of, I guess, uh, noteworthy in the sense that Ben Solo himself didn't necessarily destroy um, Luke Skywalker's temple, or not temple, Luke Skywalker's, you know, set up to, you know, restore the Jedi Order and all that right, stuff. Uh, it was more so the Knights of Ren that kind of wrecked that, and then Ben Solo kind of takes over the as the leader in the midst of all of that going on, and so we're led to believe, you know, in The Force Awakens that it was, you know, Ben Solo that destroyed everything, but really it was this gang of, you know, these uh these these mercenary type guys led by Ren. Um, yeah. So overall, what did you think about the first like spooky tale of the Lost Boy? Oh, well, it was great. I also like the uh, I like the 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 history of where he got his name from. That the word Kylo was like an insult term for someone who's weak and yeah. like decides to like take it back or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and then. We go we go back to the to the main storyline with uh, Poe walking around Vader's castle, and they go further into this like Sith chamber that is kind of like this like basement room that's like adorned with like uh, gold and like riches and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then we get another tale from Vinay, which is the dueling monstrosities, which uh, it explains how Maul was like left for dead got his uh his legs back and it's pretty humorous like the way that they show both maul and general grievous is also the all the main focal point in this episode it's kind of really humorous and it shows like how they were not to poke fun at deform deformities or anything but they're both deformed people and they kind of make the best out of their situation right yeah and try to try to get back to uh palpatine's approval for better or for worse you know what i mean um And it shows them going after this uh, lightsaber. I forget the. I, I don't know if they mentioned the exact name for this, like legendary lightsaber. They but they, do, they they have a name. I feel like it begins with an S, but I don't remember what it was exactly what it was. Like Sakar or something. I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Um, it's right here. Uh, uh, saber of Scardont. Scardont. Yeah. yeah. So pretty much if you wield this lightsaber, it makes you go crazy. It makes you turn like super duper evil, even if you're already, you know, fairly evil. Um, So pretty much it goes back and forth with Maul and Grievous uh, fighting each other and getting more or less possessed by this lightsaber. It's kind of cool. Um, Little mini episode there. Um, We get to see some pretty cool lightsaber battle going on. If you're a fan of Darth Maul with spider legs, this is the this segment for you what do you think about uh what do you think about the middle episode here um in general i feel like it's probably the weakest of the three because it didn't really have a firm it wasn't that I, I couldn't i didn't know what the spoof was i it may not have been spoofing anything so i feel it was kind of a like like just content wise it was, it was it was a little weaker although i mean there's still some really good stuff in it i love the kind of mall making fun of grievous because he uses lightsabers but doesn't have the force and so like there's a lot of force push jokes going on pushing Grievous off of cliffs, pushing Maul out of windows, like <laughs> that stuff was pretty funny. But yeah, but yeah. in general, like, this one was good, but I feel like this was, you know, it's like if all three of them, I mean, all three of them are really good, they're probably in like the eight range, but like this one was maybe like a seven. 
but it's still like good, just wasn't as good as the other ones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um and then anyway, and then back to the yeah, the main story here. Uh they find that uh legendary lightsaber, the saber is Cardone. Um oh. and, um and Dean gets his hands on to it and then he's more or less put in a trance and they, he leads them into the temple of Mustafar and they're kind of even further down into the I guess the the dinginess of Must- what Mustafar has to offer. Um and then we get our last tale, which is the Wookiee's paw. I think loosely making fun of the monkey paw, which is yeah. like the same Twilight. thing. Yeah. Like a, was that wait, was that was that Twilight episode or Outer Limits? I think it's a Twilight, yeah. Because the they have kind of like graphic work before each one of these stars, right. and I think it is kind of Twilight Zony looking. Yeah, that so, was, yeah, there was definitely the Twilight Zony intro, intro, but I don't remember which one the monkey's paw because monkey's paw is a is a thing that was was filmed, but I, I think I think it's Twilight Zone. We're probably yeah. right. So pretty much in this one, we're with Luke Skywalker on Tatooine, circa a New Hope era, uh, before he goes off and joins the rebellion. And he pretty much is, you know, in the same spot he, he's in then. He wants to go out. He doesn't want to just work work the land and do do all the day-to-day stuff. He wants to go on an adventure. Um, and he acquires this uh, monkey paw. And he starts, like, making wishes. Like, he wants to become the best pilot. Or, no. He wants to get off this rock. So, like, he's invited automatically to join the Empire. And then from there, right. he makes a wish to become, like, one of the best pilots. Uh, and he becomes, a essentially, like, an ace TIE fighter pilot for the Empire. Um, and then it keeps escalating. He keeps asking for more and more stuff. And more or less, he's, like, with Darth Vader as, like, his right-hand man. Right. Um, yeah. And um, it's... This all sounds fairly serious too, but there's a lot of funny stuff happening in the midst of all this. Like Luke Skywalker is kind of acting just like the little crybaby boy that he kind of is in a new hope. Um, throughout the entire thing, like, I want to do this, well, I want to do that, sort of thing. Um right. so he keeps wishing for more and more stuff, but oh, and one quick sidebar thing that we get, we get to see Lay Organa as an X-Wing pilot flying alongside Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, yeah. leading an assault on the Death Star, which is pretty cool. It's like a really cool, like alternate, like what if? <laughs> yeah, like it is almost like a what if episode, except it, you know, it's like a, you know, a little segment here in this show. Um, it's yeah, it's really interesting. Whenever Star Wars has done these what ifs, either whether it's this one or uh, uh, I don't know if we've talked about this on the show or not before, but I know you and I have talked about it, where the the Dark Horse Infinity series. Um, it almost it pretty much without fail always ends up with Leia becoming trained instead of Luke. Like every almost every one of them. Like because usually something usually whatever the what if scenario is something happens to Luke or Luke is gone in a different direction and they always always end up with Leia being like trained either as good or bad or otherwise. Which yeah. is kind of it's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I think it's really cool. Um, so yeah, but the really cool like kind of twist part to it is. He accidentally is like bumped during the defend <clears throat> defending the Death Star instead of attacking the Death Star. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but he still manages to blow up the Death Star no matter what. <laughs> yeah. Which is pretty funny. And um oh excuse me, let me get some water. One second. <clears throat> Mm. 
Yeah, there's kind of it. Almost seems like like the like if you're a Doctor Who fan, there's Doctor Who talks about like there are fixed points in history that just can't ever be changed. I feel like the blowing up the first Death Star is like always has to happen, no matter like who's involved. So yeah, even with Luke's on the Empire side, he still blows up the Death Star, even though it's on accident. Yeah, I love, that. I love that scene where like he get, where like where he's like he gets famous for blowing up the Death Star. He's all bummed out because he's working for the Empire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It is also on a like kind of uh, a deeper level. I don't know if the writers were going this deep with it or not. Um, there is um, a speech that George Lucas has had where he talks like about his filmmaking journey and stuff like that, and pretty much saying whether he went to like USC film school and pursued like art or pursued anthropology or film or whatever, it all pretty would have all would have like led to him making movies in general. Like he said, um, if he did anthropology, he probably would have ended up making like, like national geographic type stuff, you know, out there, but he would still like have a camera in his hand and stuff. So it is interesting in a way. Yeah. Like these fixed points in time where like, no matter what pathway you go, there are, there may or may not be certain beats that you hit in your life that are inevitable, like, no matter what, because that's just what you're destined to do. Right. Sort of thing. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. I appreciated that. I don't know if they were going that deep with it. They might not have been. They might have. Um, but I thought it was a really cool um, part to it. And then bringing it back home, we're back um, in the main story outside of these three segments. Um Actually, real quick before we get into the finale here, um, what did you think about the Wookiee's paw? That was a good one. That was really cool to see Luke like, get more and more evil and dark. That was a really awesome uh, scenario, and kind of this is probably the strongest like moral lesson to it of like, hey, maybe you shouldn't always get what you want or not right away, not instantaneously, because you know it can kind of ruin you <laughs> at yeah. some point. Yeah. You got to put in the the time to earn the things that you really, really want. Right. Yeah. For sure. Um, So, yeah, I'm bringing it back home. We're back in the main story. Vinay pretty much um, has tricked all of them to acquire these various, like, artifacts that he's wanted and needed. So he has the, the lightsaber and he has the helmet for Ren, which he dons. And he essentially, like, builds, like, this, like, uh... In the holocron, holocron, yeah, looking like transformer body suit, yeah, like a giant like deck, yeah, like yeah, a... that like he's like running around in, and it looks pretty crazy. <clears throat> um, and then uh, he has like his right hand uh, droid, um, like summon all these BD one battle droids to like more or less be like zombies, and they all have like red eyes and they're running around trying to kill people. <clears throat> it's pretty funny, actually. Um, well, like I expected. Like... Let's just go. Let's just pause a minute to appreciate the wonderful pun of his droid's name, which is. Uh, shoot, let me make sure I get it right. Is it? Oh yeah, N I N I L A. Yeah, 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 yeah. Annihilate. Yep. Annihilate. Yeah, it's it's N I L A. Where you're like that is that was I, I I love that 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 cracked me up so hard. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah, that is that is nice. Uh, keeping in tune with great puns throughout Star Wars. Yeah, um, and they did, they managed to do with the four letter combinations that most astromech droids have. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Um. All right. So Dean is the one who more or less ends up saving the day. The young uh, protagonist of it all. Um. He ends up uh, kind of defeating Vinay, and then um. Let's see here. 
it ends kind of with uh Vinay wanting uh, falling into some lava um which which we believe is the end of his character but the mask of ren i think floats up and then disappears again so it may or may not be impervious, impervious. We, also see, yeah, we also see his hand pop over there in area too oh yeah 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 oh and somewhere in there we also get a, an homage to the shining when some oh, of yeah, the yeah. one droids are uh, <laughs> Well, yeah, the, that sounds like it's like zombie, and also goes like part, um, yeah, part like zombie, and then part yeah, shining. Yeah, yeah. So really good homages here to different like horror movies and stuff. Really good job on the uh, the animation team and the and the writers and all that good stuff. Um, and yeah, and it ends with Grabella Hut is kind of like, okay, well, I guess I'll be going on my way because Poe is telling him like, yeah, you should probably get out of here. You don't want like guests coming to essentially like this haunted like place it's probably not a good idea and uh i think poe takes in dean to kind of head on adventures and uh that's what well, i think uh, he well he well because because dean you can use the force and i think he's like hey i got a friend of mine you should meet because she really knows how to use the force some of that yeah like for I, ray I don't, yeah. He, I don't know if he says ray by name but it, he pretty much implies that he's gonna take dean to go meet ray to like learn how to use the force yeah yeah, and uh, that's pretty much how it ends. And uh, so overall, it was super fun. They had really great references to horror films. Really good. Uh, it's also still really good in the sense of where a young, a younger viewer would really like it and think it's fun, as well as as well as an older viewer would probably really like it. So it's a really good like all ages special. Would you agree? Yeah, it's really good. And I want to say no. That's not right. Never mind. I was going to say that well, this might be our first official kind of look at the post Rise of Skywalker um, timeline. But I think the holiday special also takes place after Rise yeah. of Skywalker. After episode yeah. Nine. And not to get, uh, yeah, I don't know if they're going to go like retro with it and say like, I don't know if you remember, but back before Disney purchased some stuff, there was like Canon A and then Canon B and then Canon C. So like Canon A was like the utmost Canon. And then like stuff that was like Canon C was like kind of Canon, like it was there, but it wasn't officially official. Right. Disney's going to go back and say like, oh, well, obviously the films are this. And then like Star Wars Visions and the Lego specials are like this sort of thing. Um, We'll see. Yeah. I I, I mean, I'm not looking for it to be Canon. It's just kind of fun that they are exploring that time they're, they're, they're setting stuff post that which i think is interesting um, yeah. we'll kind of see how well like where else is that's going to go because i feel like there's you know people are kind of looking for them to move forward with it i mean there's some other stuff coming up that i keep hearing rumors about that maybe we'll, we will see it like i i read that there's some talks about daisy ridley coming back for something mm-hmm. i don't I haven't read the articles know what because I try to kind of avoid spoiling stuff for myself, but I have kind of seen the headline pop through my feed a couple times last week that, you know, that Ridley's coming back for something Star Wars related. So it would be kind of interesting to see what that kind of looks like. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, it's not 100% confirmed, but I think they are trying to get um, Oscar Isaac back for Poe in that um, new uh, Patty Jenkins Rogue Squadron movie. But. Huh. That's not officially 100% like a thing. So we'll see. Um, all right. So we are going to be getting in our top five Star Wars spooks. So pretty much 
uh, Chris and I picked things that we thought either was like spooky, scary, uh, anything like that, and we're going to be ranking them. Uh, we did choose, uh, I believe, from different movies, comic books, novels, uh, even music for me. Uh, but um, yeah, so we'll get into it. Chris, I'll let you kick us off. What was your number five? Uh, number five, a lot of mine are just going to be from like the, well, all my are from movies or the cartoons. And uh, some of them yeah. I kind of picked because they're the scenes that were like scared me as a kid or like, okay. I'm, you know, so when I was watching the Star Wars trilogy as a kid, so that's where a lot is going to come from. But my number five is the, uh, the Rancor. The Rancor okay. I love, but I remember as a kid, like, was like super scary and suspenseful. And he eat, then, like, he eats that pig guy, which is one of the more violent things ever in the, in, in the original trilogy of like that, that pig guy getting like swallowed whole and chomped. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the pretty... Gamorian guard. Yeah. That is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause he's guard. already a pretty, he's already a pretty beefy character as it is. And this thing is just like annihilating him. Well, and you hear the bones crunch, like it's real, like it's kind of graphic for, for if you, if you think about the original trilogy, not special editions, because then you have the Wampa eating uh Tauntaun or something. That's yeah. kind of gross, kind of gruesome. But so pre-special editions, like it's probably one of the more like violent, like gruesome things you that they they film. Yeah, yeah. Rancor is definitely one of the scarier ones out there for sure. Um, all right, my number five is going to be going out to a scene from Solo, a Star Wars story. It is the scene wherein they're trying to escape the the Maelstrom. Uh, and all the power on the Millennium Falcon goes out, and then um, red lights come on. The red lights are like, I guess, the emergency backup power. And then we see the eye, just an eye. To uh, I'm gonna butcher the name. Um, to one of that tentacled creature, and and a KD or no, not a KD's, uh, a Suma Ver- Verminoff. It's like yeah, a big sure. kind of HP Lovecraft looking tentacle looking creature yeah. that's in there. Uh, one of its eyes are like right there in the window. And I love, I like, I love horror movies in general. I actually don't get that spooked that easily, but I think when I, the very first time around when I watched star Wars, like that caught me off guard because I wasn't, you're not expecting to see necessarily, not that it's like a big jump scare, but you're not expecting to see like jump scares within a star Wars movie. But that actually got me to like jump a little bit. I was like, Oh my God, what is happening? It's not the um, biggest jump scare in star Wars. Cause I'd argue the biggest jump scare is uh an empire when the uh, Minox uh, hit the uh, the canopy of the uh, Falcon. Yeah, that that's yeah. a huge jump scare. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that 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 was one of my I re- and I just like it's only like uh from beginning end of this this particular scene. It's only a good like eleven twelve seconds, but it's like the perfect yeah. elements of like yeah. what like a horror element in Star Wars would kind of be like to me um so yeah that's my number five chris what is your number four uh number four is uh maul's return uh okay either in uh they, they did it both ways either in the shoot, it was the comic series visions i want to say uh-huh. i think it was one of the first marvel things or one of the last Dark Horse, you think? Yeah, I think it was Dark Horse because I remember I, I had that in graphic novel form. Yeah, where they they did it, you know, they did a thing where they kind of similar to what they did uh, with the Visions anime series, where they just kind of had different people 
do like their Star Wars story, and one of them was Maul coming back. Um, and then this, because this is before it happened on Clone Wars, and so when he comes back on Clone Wars, they, they semi base it on this kind of the same way the Lego special is based on like the IDW Castle Vader series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in both, either in the Clone Wars and this one, it, it's both pretty, pretty uh, creepy because he's like in the junk pile at Naboo and in the and he you know cobbles himself together some like creepy like spider legs and then makes his way back to uh, uh, Dathomir and most of the stuff of the witches is super creepy whether it's yeah. like Clone Wars or like um, especially when you do it when you do a level in Fallen uh, Order so maybe I'll put a uh, a slash in here and say Maul's Return and Dathomir are like yeah super creepy yeah I agree definitely um this may or may not be showing up on my list. Uh fairly soon so we'll see <laughs> uh, my number four we're gonna throw it back here a little bit to 2009 uh we're gonna be throwing it back to a legends book titled death troopers written by joe scribner uh i've read this book this is probably the well one of a few star wars books i've probably read twice most star wars books i read once i gain the knowledge i'm like okay cool that's that book this one i just love the story I loved the simplicity, more or less, of it, and I love the cameos in it. Um, so, for those that are unfamiliar with uh, 2009's uh, Death Troopers, a novel, uh, it is essentially set on a space prison, and there is a virus released on the space prison, and um, obviously, stormtroopers are infected as well as inmates are infected, um, and. They're essentially zombies, and the uh, it centers around uh, two brothers. One is, I believe, like around eighteen, and the other younger brother is around thirteen. And it's them trying to get off of this uh, space prison. And there's, uh, I don't want to spoil it because it is that good of a thing. There's a couple cameos in the book that are fantastic, and it aids to the story. And it's just a really, really fun book, while also being pretty creepy and pretty scary. Some of the descriptions of of how you know these zombie creatures eat stuff and stuff is just pretty gruesome. Um, so if you're looking for you know a fun Star Wars book to read during October, this is the one. Um, yeah, that is my number four. Chris, what is your number three? Number three is the episode of Clone Wars, or it could be a couple episodes where they do uh, the Geonosis zombies, where the okay. uh, I don't know what they're called the. Uh... The, the worm ones where the worms invade their brain? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's the one. Yeah. That, that's kind of like Rathakani, but then, like, there's a lot of, like, these, yeah, Genosis zombies going around. They yeah. Like, uh, a Genosis queen, and, yeah, that episode's pretty... Uh, and then, don't they get a couple of Jedi in there, too, get infected or clones I think or something? one Jedi gets infected, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty, yeah, yeah that, was, that was, is a great episode. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. Um, my number three... Bless me. Sorry about that. One more for good measure. Okay, I'm back. My number three is going to be Kylo Ren in general. I think a lot of things to do with this uh, Kylo Ren guy is pretty spooktastic. He looks pretty spooky. Um, And if you think about it, He's pretty damn unhinged throughout most of most of the yeah. sequel trilogy until the end. So at any moment, this guy 
maybe more so like on like not not saying he's a serial killer or anything, but he has that unhit unhinged serial killer aspect to him where at any moment he could like snap and you know freak out on you. And that's pretty damn spooky to me. Yeah, um, that was pretty good. Yeah. Um I'm gonna shout out a specific uh uh scene though, the opening scene that a lot of us were kind of introduced to him when Poe takes that that shot at him and he turns around very quickly and then stops the laser bolt midair. That's one of the first times I think we had seen that live action. And it was yeah. like a really awesome opening scene to A the movie and B that character just to show how powerful he is. Um, well, yeah, and, they, and they, I kind of feel like they do, you know, that that part of the reason why they have to put, why Poe has to make that kind of crack at him is because otherwise that scene is really intense and, like, maybe too intense. Yeah. So you have to have something to kind of cut that tension, which, yeah, it kind of goes to show how, like, super, like, intense and where his performance was. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Kylo Ren's my number three. Um I mean, obviously, a, a lot of us fans uh, agree that Adam Driver is probably the best part about the sequel trilogy. So, um, just shout out uh, for, <laughs> I, for I, like, I think Oscar, Oscar Isaac's up there too. I think Poe. Uh, I think Poe is. It can is maybe. I think they might be tied for best part of the sequel trilogy. Yeah, yeah. In my estimation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, all right, Chris. What's your number two? Uh, number two, going going old school again. I want to say the Dianoga in uh, uh, New Hope. Okay. Because I remember that thing, like, because you only ever see his eyeball, and yeah. it's like dragging him under the water and trying to drown him, and the trash compactor, and then like, then the follow up is the super intense like trash compactor sequence. But yeah, that Dianoga, uh, yeah, creeps me out. Yeah. And you know it's crazy. So like the Dianoga is yeah, just that eyeball. But if you've seen like an illustration of what this thing looks like, the rest of his body, it's pretty dang creepy and tentacly yeah. and gross looking. Yeah, yeah, it's just like Sarlacc. We can see what a Sarlacc looks like under the dirt. It's kind of the same thing. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, great choice for your number two. Uh, my number two here. It's going to be a piece of music. It's going to be the Imperial March. Pretty much because, you know, uh, not so much as, a you know, an adult nowadays. I, as, as an adult, I think it's really adventurous. But I remember being a kid and hearing that thing. And that's how you knew, like, Darth Vader was around or bad guys were around or something bad was about to happen to our heroes. So, like, that song always triggered, like, uh-oh, we're in trouble. Something bad is going to happen. So it would always give me, like, goosebumps sometimes. And I'd be like, uh-oh, Dad, something's going to happen. The Imperial March is starting. Um, so that's my, my number two shout out to John Williams, uh, you know, for writing such a brilliant piece of, you know, music there. Um, and also small shout, not small, another shout out to, uh, solo a Star Wars story again, when they take that same Imperial March and they try to class it up a little bit for their recruiting station, but it still (laughs) sounds like a little eerie and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. So number two would be the Imperial March theme for me. All right, Chris. Stuff's getting real now. We're into the number ones. Chris, what is your number one? Uh, again, again, I'm pulling, pulling the old school cards. I gotta say the Cave on Dagobah. Okay. That's yeah. That's super. Like they they built you know John Williams' score and it's dark, and then out of nowhere Vader shows up. And you don't know it's not really Vader. You think it might be really be Vader. And then, like, 
yeah, Luke cuts his head off, and it's yeah, that that scene was uh, super intense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I mean, a lot of the uh, a lot of those types of scenes where yeah, the hero has to like face themselves and their inner fears, pretty pretty yeah. creepy. <laughs> even even going to like you know like Ray with her like dark visions and stuff, those were right. pretty well, and, hardcore. Yoda like, well. help because like like Luke's like well, what's in there, and Yoda's like. Like whatever you take with you in there is, is like where what's, what's he? I can't remember the line exactly. It was like it's like whatever like you whatever you take in there is what's in there, and yeah. there's you know, and, and, and like so you're being real vague about it. You think that maybe it was a monster, and then, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Uh, very good number one, very good number one, and um, I haven't mentioned him yet. Here's my number one, but I did mention I was going to. It is <laughs> Darth Maul, um, specifically. I mean, all Darth Maul's pretty awesome and pretty creepy. He's like the poster boy for creepiness in Star Wars. He's got the devil look. He's got the horns. He's got all of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But specifically, um, in the Clone Wars episode, I should have researched a little bit. But I, I know the exact episode. I just don't know the name of it. It's his first appearance in Clone Wars where he's on the junkyard planet. And yeah. uh, he's kind of unhinged and going like a little, not going crazy. He is crazy. Because he just has like revenge on his mind, and he doesn't know really if he's alive or if he if he wants to like stay alive, and he's just like going on and on. Yeah, and yeah, bro- yeah, yeah. And his brother Savage is there trying to like talk him into like sanity somewhat. Um, and yeah, he's just that entire episode. I mean, we did mention Sam Witwer, you know, at the top voicing him. Sam Witwer did a brilliant job, you know, making him giving him a voice of like insanity. Um, right. and it's a pretty great episode just for fun. I do, uh, I do want to look up the episode just so just bear with me real quick. Well, while you're doing that, um, I also want to give a shout out because the other really great mall kind of craziness is, uh, when he makes his first appearance at Rebels, is also equal, um, well, maybe not equally, but it's it's pretty close to as he gets in Clone Wars, where like they, they bump in, they find him, and he's gone crazy again, but now it's like a He's been beaten down again, and he's like alone, and he's kind of he's older, and he's a little more unhinged. Like that was did a really good like intro there too. You're not really yeah. sure if he's like reform Sith or he's still Sith, but basically his goal now is just to take out uh, Palpatine. And uh, yeah, it's yeah, yep, yeah. I I know what you're talking about. All right, I believe it is titled Brothers um, episode. Um, Sounds right. It's brothers. Or no, maybe, it was, a little, maybe it was a little bit before that, actually. But season five? <laughs> it is season four. 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 Four, okay. Yeah. Um... <coughs> Sorry, yeah, it is uh, Brothers, directed by Bosco... Uh, NG, I always forget how to pronounce that last name, and written by, believe it or not, daughter of George Lucas, Katie Lucas. Um, Katie Lucas. Next week, we probably we have a a few ideas in mind. It's gonna we're gonna stay on the whole Halloween spooky scary thing, so stay tuned for that. We're gonna have more spooky Star Wars stuff come your way. Um, Chris, uh, what would you like to leave with the good people? Hmm. This this week. Um, 
check out the the High Republic uh, comic book series. It's good. Um, there's as as much as it issue eight um, kind of um, reveals kind of maybe a big point. It also resolves also a big point that carries over from phase one of High Republic. So that that uh, the last the last four or five issues is really good about that. Uh, and I'm kind of curious to see where the next phase they kind of wrap one thing up, but then kind of reveal something else has happened. So that yeah, no, I go higher public. Read read, so read those comics; they're good. Very nice, cool, very nice. Um, and I will say, since we just ended on this note, uh, if you guys want, go watch the Clone Wars episodes. I have it right here. It's uh, see, season four, episodes uh, twenty one, twenty two, and uh, wait, twenty one, twenty two. And 23, that episodes are titled Brothers, Revenge, and Revival. It's a three-episode arc uh, written all by Katie Lucas. It introduces us to uh, Darth, reintroduces us to Darth Maul as he's found on a planet by, or on a junk planet by his brother and uh, his mind broken and then restored in that same arc. Um, so if you guys want a very fun-filled, action-packed, scary arc of Clone Wars, go do that. Thank you guys uh, so much for listening, and uh, may the Force be with you. Yeah, have a good week, guys.